Welcome to the Vocational Education Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Dan. So what is advanced facilitation practice? It's extending beyond basic facilitation practices, preparing for complex environments, preparing for learners with complex needs, developing independence in your learners, and having the ability to reflect to improve upon your practice. Let's start with extending your practice. Don't ever convince yourself that you know it all. What can you take from contemporary learning theories to use in your facilitation right now? How do you currently maintain your vocational and vet currency? You've got to keep up to date with what's happening in the world of adult education research as well as within your own profession and trade. Stay relevant by staying current with emerging industry or sector trends and developments. An important way to do this is to look at industry associations, such as the Australian Institute for Training and Development, VELG Training, the Institute for Learning Professionals, and more. There's also LinkedIn and its various groups. And in addition, an organization that's associated with your particular industry. So don't get stuck in the mud. When things change, change with them. Don't fight against them. Look for ways to innovate and work smarter, not harder. We can categorize those factors that might impact upon our training as micro or macro factors. Micro are local factors that impact you directly. Macro factors are broader factors that might influence your industry or have some impact on government regulations and laws. The more often we facilitate, the more likely it is that we're going to experience some sort of complex learning environment. This can include things like workplaces undergoing some sort of change or conflict maybe some cultural differences, or even LLN issues and noisy or uncomfortable environments. I recently facilitated a workshop in a large organisation undergoing a significant change where restructuring and downsizing, so to speak, were an inevitable outcome. This had the effect of raising the emotional level of the class, which made it important for the facilitator, in this case myself, to keep everybody on track while still allowing them to feel the emotions that were occurring at that time. Differences in culture can lead to very uncomfortable situations for the learners. For example, where a heavy industry worker is placed into the very politically correct environment of a public service office setting, or someone more used to working with their hands in, say, an outback situation is placed into an office situation to talk about their feelings. Lastly, there's that very real and common situation of an uncomfortable environment. Whether it's noisy, dusty, odorous, windy, maybe at a high altitude, hot, cold, dirty, wet, damp, and so on. Advanced facilitation means not only being aware of these complex situations, but being able to deal with them in a very effective manner. Who do you currently talk with to ensure that you're keeping on top of changes within your industry or within your role as a professional facilitator? Access people from within and without your organization, specialists, representatives, and so on. The information they can share with you can be vital to the way you progress as a professional facilitator. Finally, review the strategies that you've implemented so far to improve your practice and make documented changes where necessary. It's fair to say that every learner has complex needs. 
whether they become disengaged or they have a learning difficulty. Perhaps they have a disability. Let's start by looking at some of the causes of disengagement. Either the training is not relevant or interesting. Maybe they don't identify with you as a facilitator. They lack some self-belief or self-efficacy. They have an inaccurate understanding of how to succeed. They lack aspiration. Maybe there's peer pressure. The material itself is too hard to understand. The pace of instruction is too slow or too fast. Complex ideas are delivered in a way that's not easy to understand. Perhaps they have poor literacy or numeracy skills, or a limited vocabulary. Perhaps there's insufficient background information for the material so they can't tie it to their existing knowledge. Maybe they're being required to take tests and do homework. Does your method of instruction or facilitation cater for people with hearing, sight, speech, coordination, mobility, dexterity problems or other learning difficulties? Dyslexia makes it difficult for your learner to understand text-based information. Dysphasia or dysgraphia are writing problems, often involving having visual perception problems. Dyscalculia is the severe difficulty in making arithmetical calculations as a result of a brain disorder. Developmental coordination disorder or dyspraxia can impact the person's ability to carry out motor skills activities. Then of course there are other non-verbal learning disabilities and language literacy and numeracy developmental issues. There are a number of associations and websites in your state or nationally that support learner development. Here are a couple, but feel free to search online to find other more relevant ones to your industry or your area. You can document the changes required to support disabilities in your training and assessment strategy. Here's an example from the one in the book. And finally, examples of adjustments to learning materials to suit learners with disabilities is in your book on pages 120 to 121. A professional facilitator should encourage learner independence. We can develop learner independence through enhancing experiences, addressing barriers, and establishing enabling processes. Some examples include using different styles of facilitation, going from demonstration, maybe through to guided instruction, having inclusive practices, learning by teaching, and many, many more activities. Now let's highlight some of those barriers for learning. They can include the fear of being judged or fear of failure, including peer or cultural pressures, personal prejudices and beliefs, habits that can result in the inability to accept the perspective of others, including the facilitator. We've already touched on LLN skills and also the level of education prior. Your participants' external barriers to learning can include a number of factors from the fear for personal safety through to physical health and emotional and psychological well-being, all the way through to cultural expectations and norms, and the communication of those around them, as well as yourself as a facilitator. If you remember back to Malcolm Knowles' adult learning theories, we're trying to develop the independence of the learners, allowing them to set their own aims and goals within the learning environment, plan and organize their own way to study and work effectively with others in either a classroom or even online situation. We want them to think creatively. We want them to assess their own progress in relation to their learning goals. One of the professional facilitator's roles 
is to enable the development of autonomy. This is teaching how to learn. Without that guidance, a learner may never make the step from directed to self-directed learning.